Blog Talk Radio. Live from Washington, D.C., it's quintessential listening. Poetry Online Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the program. I am Michael Anthony Ingram, and this is Quintessential Listening Poetry Online Radio. Tonight, our very special guest is the one and only Dominic Jones. Dominic, are you with me? I'm here. Yes, that is fantastic. Dominic was one of the very first people when I started this enterprise over two years ago who said, hey, let me try this, so he'll always be special to me. So I'm so glad that he's back with us tonight. I'm glad to be back. Well, great. I've got a question for you. Yes. As you think about your career, being a poet, everything that you know, what was an early experience where you learned that poetic language had power? Well, I think one moment I really realized it was actually in high school. Uh, I went to a poetry event that I actually shouldn't have been at, but I kind of got snuck in and we had this one poet that went up there and did this whole huge piece about the connections between the universe and makeup. And I was just floored. And I was writing poetry before that, but that made me realize like how much you could really do with it. And I was like, how can, what are other connections we can make? How can we connect other ideas or other people using spoken word and poetry and just language and the creativity of it? Interesting. Well, without further ado, I'd like to turn the program over to you for you to share your work in terms of spoken word poetry, poetry in general, Dominic, it's, it's, it's on you, my friend. All right. Uh, then I will roll into this piece. It's called A Colorful Canvas. The world is made up of many different colors. A harmonious existence of lights and darks parading across various shades and hues, making for different feelings and sensation light imbues. Now delve deep, but not with the creatures of the sea. Dive into the deep, diverse, dainty, yet daft population of species best known as human, as we have immersed ourselves in the role of the canvas, imbuing life in the world around us to recreate ourselves as works of art by excavating experiences that envelop the sentence through the education system of life, we enable ourselves to emulate and extrapolate the earth into our exteriors, painting ourselves with the brightest of yellows to show our brightest of days, getting lost within, within the vast sea of grays where life seems to be in constant delay since we have not yet found our way. The mind gets set to fly within, within the hues of of blues that linger in the skies and some may find it wise to grasp the connections within the ties of sadness and creativity. Through the brevity of life, we gather these paints from the palette of the earth and align them the only way we can. And sometimes this means being systematic, keeping all colors neatly formatted. Meanwhile, others may be found to be more disorderly. Whether we, they are geometric or asymmetric, they are all made up of the same things and used in different intensities. Now, even though we are made up of the same paint, one reason I feel ashamed of our faith is that we, when we insist on settling our debates with our fists of aggression, are we really aware of the risk of our obsessions? Through these moments of violence, the only thing that becomes clear is that hate begets hate, and in this current state, hate crimes have been increasing at a stunning rate. We are questioning if people of minority unjustly lost their lives to those of authority, bullying those who don't love like we do, act like we do, or live like we do. How can we expect to solve the harder puzzles if we are removing the pieces? Anais Nin once said that we don't see things as they are, 
we see things as we are. And when we are too busy seeing things how we want to see them, we lose track of the fact that we lack the understanding that love is still love. And it doesn't matter where your skin falls onto the spectrum of color, that with these paints there is no precise way of orientation. We should be finding courage in our differences, breaking down those barriers so that we can rebuild those puzzle pieces. So there should be no shame in finding our own fame within the excavated experiences through the education system known as life, because we have painted ourselves with the brightest of yellows on the brightest of days, got lost within the vast sea of grays where life seemed to be in constant delay since we had not yet found our way, and through the brevity of life we gathered these paints from the palette of the earth and aligned them the only way we could. And it doesn't matter if my way is the same way as your way or if your way is like their way because on this day, yesterday, and even tomorrow, we are all works of art. We are all human. And no one can take that away. And that was A Colorful Canvas. And I figured I'd share that one to start off because there's a lot of things going on right now and in the recent months that it seemed relevant and seemed pertinent to share. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm going to roll into this one called The F Word. laced within the whispers in our heads, spiked within the voices of our enemies and friends, the chorus of can'ts, shan'ts, won'ts, and don'ts that coats the door of progress like, the, like paint trying to cover the beware you might fail sign. As if failure was a beast with sharp mistakes for teeth and claws to tatter the visions of successful futures. Shaping the letter F into catalyst of fears, insisting that what we hear is final. But there is no finale to opportunity, only the actions you make because of it. Underneath the scrutiny of success, our will to impress is impressed by the mind, where in time we find how we can't do this and shan't do that, won't do this and don't do that. Fear like a pump inflating uncertainty into the heart until we go numb. Our forward progress frozen by our anxious anticipation as our ideas precipitate onto the light of possibility. We step back under the nightlight of comfort, not realizing the shadows that lurk in barely lit places. So we remain comfortable. Remain comfortable with the shadows we didn't wish for. Remain comfortable with the thought that if the odds become obstacles, you shouldn't face the trials. And it sounds okay now. But a light left on is bound to burn out eventually. So let go of comfortable's embrace and thank it for serving its purpose. Grab a flashlight charged with the cells of your passions and light those first steps. And if you're worried about missteps, who's to say that a few steps backwards won't lead to steps forward in another direction? Your light will not fade no matter how many times the amount of times failure impedes upon it. Passion is a renewable resource that inspires others to ignite their plights on your plight and their plight and where there once was no light will burn bright as we invite something more invigorating and comfortable. We will call it success. And that was the effort. So this one is going to be a new one that I have not performed yet, so this should be fun. (laughs) I had an experience a couple weeks ago that had me thinking and reflecting afterward a lot because there's a lot of things you notice with sometimes your dreams and ambitions and the moments you do or do not take action. So this is kind of a reflection on that. At zero seconds, 
I made the decision to cast out my fear in order to achieve my goal. It took me three seconds to dress myself with the confidence to succeed because we all know you won't go far without the proper attire. At five seconds, I set my soul on fire to forge the plan that would get me from point A to point B so I wasn't shocked to see spending the time taking this plan into action. But before I get to the point of satisfaction, do you know the difference between drowning in a lake of water and drowning in a lake of dreams? One can make you cease to live and the other leaves you merely living. And what came to be almost a 30 second endeavor, my mind measured how quickly the reality of risk can fill my lungs. Regret water painted into in this memory onto my brain like a canvas captured the plot of my emotions in full color to create the masterpiece entitled A Fool's Tragedy. They never got to finish that painting. Told me someone else has been working on this, so who am I to finish it for them? They said, look at the finer details how he uses the brush of procrastination to create shape and the many colors of his ideas to create depth. It's like he has been afraid of swimming with the lockedest monsters of his, of his dreams amongst the water. Yet, you still threw your life not to be a hero, but just to help. You have been drowning in your complacency for years, said the artist. So are you going to finish it? Well, it's a good thing I can still paint over it. Thank you. Drowning is a weird experience, or near drowning, I yes. should say. <laughs> that is a very powerful poem. I, I knew there was something, and I didn't want to interrupt your process. <laughs> well, I'm glad yeah. you're still here. I am glad too. <laughs> <laughs> That's a first little portion of poems for you. All right. Thank you very much. Well, what we'll do, everyone, we'll take a brief break, and we'll be right back. the pleasure of 
getting to work with or getting to meet, I have come to find that we we all have this beautiful grittiness to us. There's never there's never just a straight clean story. There's always more um, more dirt on it that gives it gives it its own like shing and shine. And I think it's important that we not only look at our beautiful moments, but also show our harder ones or dirtier ones. Now, I know the last time that you were here that you shared your work under a pseudonym. Do you continue to do so? Uh, online, yes. I do still go by that pseudonym, Zenimer, uh on on Instagram in particular and also on Facebook. I still love the name and I still stick with it. I'm still trying to find the way where I find the happy point between my actual name and the pseudonym. <laughs> all right, all right. So what did the pseudonym mean again? Uh, the pseudonym Zenimer, uh goes into a translation of Strange One Who Shines. Oh, and I love, the, I love the magic that's within that. All right, very nice, very nice. You know, as you think about being a poet, as you think about sharing your work, as you stay there's so much happening in the world today, so much happening, the good, bad, and indifferent of it. Do you mm-hmm. think that someone can be a poet if they don't feel emotions very strongly? Yes. Tell me more. Uh, I believe I believe that, yes, even if you don't feel emotions very strongly, because the poetry itself can be as a tool for you to dig deeper and de- develop that deeper self-empathy and branch it out into empathy for the world around you. All right. Very nice. Thank you. I'd like to turn the program back over to you. Okay. So with that being said, uh, one thing I have been exploring recently with some of my work is bringing out that more personal side to myself, because I notice I like to do those broader worldwide kind of like poems. So I've been trying to dig into myself a little bit and get a little deeper with myself. And I've been talking with my body a little bit more. So this is a piece called Body Language. The scriptures that this body has written on my skin have reminded me that our bodies learn to speak long before our voices learn to give shape to our words. Our bodies showed us how to pull a smile out of the hat of excitement before we knew what this thing thought to be magic was a wonder known as happiness. Think how your first steps led to journeys and overcoming and learning just how quickly one can become many. Memories reaching deeper than any well, and as Danny Solis could tell, the body remembers. The body remembers. The body remembers. This body remembers how to become home to the many cells of surrender. Immersing itself in the dialect of self-impairment, this body remembers the echoing words never said but delivered by the voices disguised as care. Sore muscles now bear the burden of aches and groans of the untreated stress to hug the love that isn't there. This body repeats the motions of how to wring out the skin of the miseries of experience. In an attempt to force this body into the ideal shape or size or to reorganize this sense of masculinity because I no longer agree with what it implies, it tries listens to every word like a waitress taking an order that they know they want to get right, every complexity accounted for, even if it means being left perplexed, but it won't be vexed as long as they leave you satisfied. This body remembers the restaurant called Body Image, filled with the many crazy orders I tried to give it. I thought they would be livid because I wasn't even speaking their language. Instead, They brought every plate they could. I misunderstood, telling them it wasn't the plates that I wanted. This body patiently waited in place as if to say, please give me the grace of just taking one bite. 
this body knew when to be less than bold because it didn't want to be told that it didn't belong. So I gave in. And that's when I noticed this body remembers so much, but it never forgot its first words. I love you. Not when it was hungry, not when it was hurting, not when it was crying. This body pulled an endless supply of joy from pain and said it as, said it as though it still had everything to gain. I love you. I love you. This body never forgot how to love, but it forgot how to be loved. And maybe it's about time to remind them. And that's body language. Mm. And this one I have to switch to another book, so give me one shit. I've been confronting uh, my my relationship with my body because I've been realizing there's been some some things I've been holding from myself even. And so this has been that exploration. An important exploration. Yes. It's been so invigorating and so enlightening to journey this way. And I think it's also Mm -hmm. especially important as a male because we don't really have those conversations enough. With no, ourselves or with no, we don't. With others, no. no. So this next one, <clears throat> as I was looking with the body with this piece, I'm looking more at the mind with this next one, and this is called mm-hmm. a new diet. <sighs> I wake chained by my pride to the seat of my setbacks. I watch myself sit across the table to spoon-feed me. My tendencies crawl along my tongue long after the last bite so I don't forget the aftertaste, the taste of the regret I was indebted to and just couldn't swallow down. I watch myself say, you just have to let it soak, but you still need to eat. So he fed me my ideas, made me drink to the good health of my dreams while my mouth was still full. But my taste palate, diluted by the foods of a smaller self, was the first to discover that you are what you eat. And if you don't clean your palate between dishes, you'll end up painting a whole new picture of yourself that you never wanted. My breath hot with anguish molded my words into the weight holding me down. I watched myself talk of fear like a partner having an affair with my intentions when the lights of mindfulness burnt out. I couldn't tell that I was confusing my friendships in the darkness for competition. I watched myself try to evict me from my own apartment of my mind. And that's when the chains went loose. As I made myself reach out in silence, me, one I cannot touch, one I cannot hear, one I cannot seem to smell the crap that had me feeling so detached from my actions, one I couldn't even name properly because I thought it carried the same name but ego. It's time to let go of the terms of this lease, grab your things and move to the smaller room of my mind because you may be able to live here. But you won't be the maid of my distractions or the butler of my actions no longer. So get ready. Because we are about to try a new diet. And that's that. (laughs) And continuing along on that same train... Uh, this has become one of my probably favorites that I've written in like the recent year or so since we last connected with each other. So I'm excited to share yes. this one with you. Um, this is one of the uh, series of inspired buys that I do. And I know I talked with some people 
about the inspired by that I wrote today that I will be sharing later, but this is another one that's in a similar vein. Um, so I'm going to give you the statements along with that. Uh, one statement is I like my life, but I want to change my universe. Two is the weight of the world is crushing. Three, the moon is just a lady dancing in a red dress. Four, Hard times create strong men. Strong men create prosperous times. Prosperous times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. So I take these, I take these thoughts, and I made a poem inspired by these. So this is Black Holes and Guiding Stars. I used to dream of being an astronaut. Voyaging through constellations towards destinations of the unknown. But as I've grown, I was phoned home and instead got caught on the course of discourse by the course expectations life gave me with no remorse. Had me thinking about love, which had me thinking about heartache, which had me thinking about stress. Left me thinking about money, which left me thinking about stress. Thinking depression, thinking stress, thinking you can't and won't impress. Thinking you are nothing. Thinking about how life made me just want to blast off in a way which leads me to say there are about 250 billion stars in the Milky Way and the average distance between them is 30 trillion miles. The point I want to make is that our minds have the power to travel through the expanse of the universe, yet we get stuck in the void tucked behind our eyes. And I say void because we have employed our negative thoughts to be the captain of the ship navigating the universe of our minds without telling them where to go. So it chooses what it knows. Towards the asteroid belt of stresses and woes, we've lost our sight of our guiding stars as goals and question our worth, our image, and become a stowaway on our own ship called truth. And left to drift, the mind just slips so easily through the stream of consciousness that we come out of warp drive with warped minds and find this black hole of our personality that we can't turn away from. And like one of our pets, we fed this. Bred this dog of our attention, we trained this. This way of noticing every little agitation, but we blame this life for giving us a not-so-great spot on the universe. But we don't need our lives to change. We need our universe to change. How we look at the 37.2 trillion cells in our body, because if you only zoom in on the gaps in between, of course it feels like even darkness gleams. So zoom out. Cast out the doubt that you can't find what light your smile makes, what comfort your words can bring, and what wounds your presence can tend to. The weight of the world is only crushing when we wait on the world to bring the stars to us. And yes, there are laws to this place, but this place is your space, so take command of your ship. And if on your trip you still can't find the light, use your might to pull every award, every victory, creation, sensation, friendship, exclamation. And you know I brushed my teeth today. Pull it all towards you as a way to say there are 37.2 trillion cells in the universe of my body. And I'll be damned if not a single one of them shines. And that's Black Holes and Guiding Stars. Thank you. We'll be right back, everyone, with Dominique Jones. Thank you. 
We are back. I am Michael Anthony Ingram. I'm here with Dominique Jones. You know, you are such an amazing, amazing poet. Um, I think I could listen to your work all evening. It's just so, so <laughs> stirring, so powerful. Just an Thank incredible, you. incredible way that you put words together. Just incredible, incredible. Thank now, you so much. Marilyn Singer, you are welcome. Marilyn Singer, in her book, Footprints on the Roof, the poems about Earth made the statement that a good poem surprises you, surprises your senses, shakes you awake, stirs your emotions, and startles your imagination. Each poem is an act of discovery. Poetry helps us widen our vision and our hearts. What makes up a good poem to you? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I know it's a very subjective question. I think the idea that I normally think of a strong poem when I'm observing and listening, it almost holds your hand and takes you on that journey of that poem, whatever it happens to be. And it almost feels like you are walking along that path and like what took them to get to that poem and it being in that rendition it is. I feel like very... end up feeling very connected with that person in that moment. And the words, they breathe their own sense of life into the words that they speak. Mm -hmm. So that's how I would think about that. All right. I'd like to turn the program back over to you. All right. So I will start this little series with this one. You just have to be you. You just have to be you. A lesson I was imbued by a girl I never knew who hailed overseas in a place known as Beijing. We swiped our presence into images of each other's stories, learned how to reacquaint ourselves with the things we once found boring, but not once did their face ever grace my eyes, which means I had every opportunity to paint the canvas of her personality, but instead, I let our actions do that. Over the years, strangers have mingled in and out of my life and left me with many lessons. And one thing I learned was that judgment is a very crude artist. We embroider our limitations around the edges of bodies that turn a beautiful soul into just a pretty face. Or in a worst case, mark strangers as criminals and never save face, painting over the values and dreams of others like their lives were just old walls just needing a fresh coat of paint. And we wish so much to be right. But ease does not conceive reality. Peter Brook noted from his book, The Empty Space states, a beautiful place may never bring about an explosion of life. We have let judgment try to paint so many masterpieces of others, forgetting that it first takes mastery of that piece and we will never master someone else. Yet we try and end up spilling paint on our own canvas. Judgment may be a crude artist, but integrity is an honest one. So can we border on love? Let strangers paint their canvas with their own hands. Observe how their stories dance with each brushstroke and learn that in our differences lies the chance to enhance our best masterpiece on the canvas of integrity with the paints of the soul. The best part is, you just have to be you.
So this one, actually, I'll just let you experience this one. This one is Dead or Alive. I am wondering how so many bullets have managed to become periods at the end of black stories. How our necks have become the scales for someone to weigh the importance of our voices. We have been trying so hard to build Kevlar from our words to protect our brothers, to protect our sisters, to protect our futures. But we couldn't even manage to protect our intentions. Today, our own struggle is used as a battleground for anarchy. We've been, we've been haunted by the ghost of those we've lost and called crazy because we still hear their voices like they never left. I mean, shouldn't have left. I mean, which has left me thinking, are we just zombies? Shambling bodies waiting to be double-tapped and re-pronounced dead. Melanin seems to have become synonymous with graveyard because our voices go unheard, our actions go unnoticed for what they really are, and we have been buried alive under the dirt of our mistreatment in the coffins of our impressions. The tombstones of posts have shown time and time again how hard it is to be a hero in black at the same time, yet how easily we will get called thugs before humans at the drop of a dime by the one-head gravekeeper of this paradigm, and isn't that a crime? We may be dark-skinned, but darkness is not inherently in us. But there is desperation. There is sadness. And there is anger. And I have watched it consume even the most compassionate of hearts. But I can't blame them for embodying the pain that they're feeling. We have been trying to dig ourselves out of our graves for centuries, no matter how much dirt gets under our nails or forced down our throats, because ultimately we just want to know what it's like to breathe the fresh air of freedom. Freedom shaped without the urge to feel small because we are just walking next to a stranger. Freedom singing like a voice that didn't, ha- didn't have to switch to any other tone that wasn't itself. Freedom of hearing, don't shoot. And people listen. So now, especially if you see a hand reaching out of the dirt... I hope you check for a pulse. You may find there is still warmth in our bodies because we're not dead. Just exhausted. Trapped in dirt. And trying to breathe. Can I ask you a quick question? Of course. You know, two years ago, I asked you the following following question, and I just want to see whether you your thoughts of it has changed. Mm-hmm. I said to you, what do you see as being the role of a poet in modern day society? Huh. I'm trying to think. I don't even think I remember my original response to this question. So <laughs> two years ago, two, yeah. two years ago. <laughs> but again, based on what we know about the world, mm-hmm. what's been happening in the world, what is the role of a poet in modern day society? I think what I'm discovering uh, in my poetry and even in other aspects of my craft and art it's our it's almost like our job to be able to paint the things we're seeing or portray the things we're seeing in excuse me in a way that it can be seen differently than what we've been seeing it already to bring attention to it to make sure it does not go unnoticed and bring our own bring our own experience into that and our own understanding so that we can potentially bring our, our thoughts and our ideas to a table where we can actually make changes where it needs to be changed or growth where it needs to be, be happening. 
Very powerful. Thank you for answering my question. Yeah. All right. And with all the energy I'm carrying with tonight, because I like feel very, I feel very here and very present. And I hope for you and those who are listening, I uh, you have the opportunity to be here and present with me as well. So thank you for yes. taking the time to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a piece called Energy. In physics class, I learned that at any point in time, there is an amount of energy any given body of matter has. That energy dances on the high wire between potential and kinetic. And when a ball is being held up in the air, when the lights dim before the show starts, and when the gun is cocked and loaded, there is potential. Potential energy lies young like a baby in their small crib, like a seed in the earth. We will feed them our love, our teachings, and our sweet inner beings, share our own perceptions of the world with science, music, and arts, thus giving them an inviting place to start. With our efforts, we hope the young will bloom and dip their hands into the glistening waters of prosperity and drink to strong thoughts and a stronger future. And as matter begins to move, an object begins to fall, and a child begins to grow. Potential becomes kinetic. And like a new aesthetic brings variation to new sensations. A crowd is moved by a show that held so true. And when love blooms, it moves from me to you, him to her, us to them. Energy, like love, is shapeless, weightless, yet one does not escape this. With it, we know there is something special for someone special. So let us not forget that love is like energy, always potential or kinetic. Let us not forget that love is like energy, and it is mindful. And it can pass from me to you or in the form of shoes to the abandoned on the streets, the form of a parent holding a child's shaking hand, or even the people in this very space who feel or have felt broken, hurt, scarred, neglected, and even protected. So let us not forget that love is like energy. It knows no shape nor form and can neither be created nor destroyed. Thank you. We'll be right back with the very powerful Dominique Jones. What is the most difficult part of it? 
the most difficult part of my artistic process. I would lean towards saying the balance of it because I really appreciate learning uh, using the many art forms that I do. So learn and grow the other ones. And so staying balanced with it and keeping myself in check in that way is really hard because you can get really into something and maybe kind of neglect something else or, you know, if you don't feel like something one day and just kind of not do anything, it kind of feels like it carries more weight if you're dabbling in a whole bunch of different art forms at the same time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's the well, balance. What, well, then what is the easiest part, conversely? The easiest part? I don't mm -hmm. think I have ever asked been asked that question. <laughs> um, well, that's why they pay me the big bucks. <laughs> to ask those questions that are not normally asked. <laughs> what would be the easiest? Do words come to you easily? The way that you put them together, I mean, because they flow so well. Do they come to you easily? Uh, I think the words, they they switch around between being like, oh yeah, this is totally the words coming, that's coming next and going from like, I don't even know how to put what I'm trying to say on this page right now. <laughs> but it's usually, it's usually, if I get that, it's at the beginning. Once it starts going, then I'm pretty consistent in getting the whole piece out. And that was kind of how what this, the piece that I finished today was, was like. It was definitely like, I don't know what I'm writing. I don't want to. I don't know what I'm writing, and then all of a sudden it was gone. <laughs> it was just all. <laughs> well, I'm going to turn the program back over to you. All right. Okay. So we will do this one. This one is a piece called Play. At least once in any given lifespan, most of us have been called silly, crazy, immature, or just plain simply called out for not fitting into the squared-off definition of adulthood. Let the light in on the situation. Notice how the shadows of deceit leak from the pores of responsibility to the point that the closest thing to a sense of duty is that of which plops in the toilet. Flush. Now let's take a poll. How many of you laughed because that's where silliness took you? How many of you let out a chuckle because you're trying to detain the inner child within you? How many of you scoffed out loud or even in your mind because within your matured bones, play chimes there in you? Play, a concept where imaginations replace the PlayStation. Playing princess meant more than a way to express what was also the key to success. Things were something known as simple. Simply friendship, simply heroic, simply be. And just by simply being who we wanted to be, we were always simply learning. And if we weren't, how else would we know how to take on the monsters under our beds or even the ones we created in our own heads? We grew up with the ideals in mind that we would eventually change ourselves if we would change our clothes. And just as though we were characters in a video game, we swap out our blanket of sweet dreams, our crown of creative royalties, and our cape of awesomeness. Our rare items for the common suits of adulthood. And somewhere along this transition, we gained the perks of bills and taxes, buried underneath the pounds of boredom. And then, while in a childlike tantrum, we have the nerve to ask ourselves, where did our childhood go? Well, if there's anything that I've learned from video games, it's that you never forget the basics. And it sounds funny. 
how we refuse to forget how to do our job, or how we cease to forget the facts dwelling within the caves of textbooks. Yet in this game of life, this task called living, we write a huge equation on a whiteboard to find the solution of how to live life and erase our early thoughts of the concept of fun because we thought it took up space. It's like a joke we tell ourselves and take too far saying we can achieve more by parting with the memories of days before. Then, in my mind, I think that if we want to afflate the world, it takes more than just wisdom and intellect, but also wisdom and creativity. It's within a learning mind and a nurtured heart that we discover where in which the soul resides, in a state of harmony, like yin and yang where we let our adult tantrums be that of creativity and not of frustration, true understanding. True understanding is reached when we bring out that chalkboard and start brainstorming in rainbows because each part of you from your maturity to your impurities to the time you wanted to make yourself have telepathy are all their own colors within a rainbow. And let's face it, no one wants to see it go to waste. That's right. Which is another one of those inspired by poems, but I neglected to go into the thoughts with that. But I'm going to keep it moving. Because <laughs> <laughs> I might need time to go into this next inspired by poem because it has a good 17 comments on it. <laughs> <laughs> So for those who are tuning in and maybe did not see, I had asked um, people to leave a thought for tonight, and I put together a poem based on the thoughts that I got from people on Instagram, from people on Facebook, and wherever the post happened to circulate to. So let me see on the right page of this. Notebooks want to be complicated. <laughs> All right. I am really grateful for everyone who participated. Um, I was actually really surprised <laughs> to get as many people throwing in their own comments and thoughts, and I am was really excited to put this together. I actually got down to the wire on finishing this draft of this piece. So I think I actually might go into it and maybe post it later for you guys to see and put all the thoughts in because we might just be here for a while just reading the comments and I'm thinking about it. <laughs> so this piece is untitled at the moment, so we'll just go into it. In this moment, I'm navigating through the sound, silence, and space that the symphony of isolation creates. Distance causing dissonance to elevate the hate to the point we've lost the signs of where, to, where do we start and are now just pleading when will it stop. Our connected minds not knowing where to go at, as time seems to move so slow while the worldwide anxiety ticks on between every talk, locked into every conversation where I find myself speaking with the accents of my own mind and self-deprivation. This is pointless. I just want to go home. And this thought, leave us here, doth give me thought of when I was, why too was simple and short. My mind didn't contort when I thought of how home wasn't where the heart was. But rather, it was where the mess was. And boy, am I a mess now. Scattered myself through the homes of friends, tried to tiptoe around my personality to not trip and fall into being a burden. I've left my motivation in the last place I slept in my own bed, ever even wondered if wonder left me for dead as I couldn't put pen to paper, steps into motion, or notes into rhythm. 
would I be stripped of my artistry if I couldn't be the me I thought I should be? And I had to skip a beat as I altered plans with my friend and who said, you're enough. As if the little pieces of me claimed a room in the home that, that is them. And later, when a hug engulfed the moments, I'm a mess, they say. And it didn't matter if my enough was enough for me. I was enough just as I was for them. Existing is enough, but it sure helps to do more, and sometimes more means less than you think. My bones look like bones, but they have become the frames the building come to be known as home for many. So when someone is growing through the cold ice of treatment, I'll keep the door, keep a room open so I can be present when it blooms. My thoughts tried to tell me that I couldn't be there when I'm not fully me, but even a stopped clock tells the right time. So it's time to lean not to your understanding and take a moment for flexibility, take a moment for love, take a moment for trust. And when you are feeling when you are anything but enough, I hope that amidst the joy and the overwhelm, you can find that contagious smile and say, actually, I can't. Actually, I am. Thank you. Wow. And those were the thoughts that you received. Yes, so this one was actually really interesting and intricate because mm-hmm. this, since there were so many, I couldn't do what I normally do and kind of like extrapolate some of them to make the concept mm-hmm. out of it. So I was like, how can I make a make a, a place for the story of this poem to live and pull as yes. many of the thoughts as I could into it? Mm-hmm. So I had a real fun journey with that and like really impressed about some of the people's creativity with their thoughts. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. I'm really sure. pleasantly surprised. Um, so again, thank you guys all for participating with that. I hope you could pick out where your thoughts were. And if not, I'm going to post them and make a little video and kind of highlight each thought as they come up in the poem that's going to be a goal for myself sometime soon to get that out so people can see and actually see how much of it people made and how much I tweaked or added in between each one so well again amazing as we close out what is next in the works for you Next in the works for me, um, I am really going to be pushing myself to start putting my own work together in a bit more of a grander way, whether it's a book or a show of some sort. I haven't decided yet, but I'm going to be cracking down on that because I've been saying it a lot and I want to do a little less talk about it and a little bit more action about it. (laughs) (laughs) So. Well, I I wish you the best in terms of whatever you do. I know that you'll be successful. I always enjoy having you on the program. You have an open invitation so to return any time you want to. If you want to debut new works, you can come back. Just give me a call. Say, Michael, <laughs> I'd like to. <laughs> I've got something I want to debut to the world. Uh, I'll oh, thank pay. you. It's, it's, it's a done deal. <laughs> I'd like to thank you again tonight for being with us. I'd like to thank our listening audience for joining us every week. And to everyone, be safe and be well. Good night. Good night. 
You have just listened to the quintessential listening poetry online radio podcast with your host, Dr. Michael Anthony Ingram. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And make sure to catch our next episode.